money. Money, money, money. People don't like to talk about money. But have you noticed they sure love to sing about it? She works hard for the money. Just got paid. It's all about the Benjamins. Money, that's what I want. Money, money, money. It's a rich man's world. I want to be rich. If I had a million dollars, unless we forget, mo money, mo problems. Talking about money is tacky, right? It's not something that you do when you're in polite company. I mean, how many of you would want to be discussing your spending habits with your friends or your neighbors? You probably don't let other people know the balance in your checking account or the amount that you contribute to charities. How about your family? How easy is it to discuss personal finances with them? Or what are the conversations like when you talk about money with your spouse? Why don't people usually talk about money or wealth? Why should we be so ill at ease when discussing a topic that is so deeply ingrained in the culture and society in which we live. We might say it's a private matter that it's really none of anybody else's business. But why is that? Why should it bother anyone if others know how much or how little wealth that they have on hand or in their investment portfolio or put away in real estate? Well, I can think of a few reasons. It's possible that people would judge you based on how much or how little you had. They might try to win your confidence to take advantage of you in some way. They might decide that you were not worth their time if you didn't have enough in your savings account. Or that they weren't worth your time if you did. They might see how you spend your wealth on selfish ends instead of doing something to really help people in need. Money holds such an important place in our society and our lives that we can be afraid to talk about it. We guard it so closely because we depend on it. This message is not about money, though. This isn't meant to be an encouragement to give more to the poor, those in need following disaster or other hardship. Though that's not a bad thing. This isn't meant as an appeal for you to up your congregational contributions or to keep up with your pledges, though those are not bad things either. But God's word today is calling us to something even more important. After last week's gospel account of Jesus' encounter with the rich young ruler, this morning we hear what happens next. After hearing that young man and Knowing what was in his heart, Jesus instructed the man to part with his great possessions. And he walked away in grief because it seemed like that was the one thing he understood that he was not going to be able to do. When Jesus looks around at his disciples then and proclaims how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God, of course they are amazed are not the wealthy people, the ones who have great possessions and riches, 
Aren't they the ones who have it all together? Aren't they the ones who are blessed by God? Aren't they the ones who have it all figured out? And that was the thinking of their day, that they might be able to look at these people and say, well, that's how you, that's how you should do it. They're the ones who are getting into the kingdom of God. Truth be told, isn't that the thinking our day today too? That we see the people who prosper and figure they must have it all figured out. But the truth of the matter is there was nothing, nothing at all that this rich young ruler could have done to get into the kingdom of God. No amount of money, no great wealth can get you into God's kingdom. Yet having too much wealth can make it all that much harder. Why? Does anybody here have a coin in their pocket or their purse? Excellent. This is not, this is not a rhetorical question. Please take it out. If you've got a coin, go ahead and take it out. Particularly American currency, preferably. And no, this is not a collection. But take out those coins. Take a look at them. Pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, all these good things. And see if you can read what's inscribed on there. I've been told maybe we should have provided magnifying glasses at this point. But if you can see, almost every coin that we have in our nation has a phrase inscribed on it. What is that phrase? In God we trust. But that's not really accurate, is it? And if we were to be honest, we probably should put a different phrase on there, something more like, in something besides God we trust. But it would be really hard to get that on that small coin, wouldn't it? That something might be money. It could be general wealth or riches. But it could equally be your health, your strength, your resourcefulness. We misplace our confidence. Like that rich young ruler, we seek to set up our own terms and conditions on what makes us worthy, even worthy of entering the kingdom of God. As Americans, we're especially prone to think of ourselves too highly. We even attempt to control life and health as if we're the ultimate power in this world. But then the storms come. And when they come, they show us ultimately just how wrong we've been. In our first reading from Ecclesiastes, we hear the preacher's proclamation that that wealth is passing, that it is fleeting like the wind. Chasing after wealth can lead to less satisfaction than living simply. At the, end of the li- at the end of life, he who dies with the most toys still dies. So use what you've been given. Enjoy it. Share it. Rejoice in your work and the life that you have. Because everything that you have comes as a gift from God. There's an illustration that I often use when we go through our Discipleship 101 class. And we talk about this concept of stewardship, particularly as we're thinking about what it means for life to be consecrated Lord to thee. So imagine, if you will, 
two circles side by side. They're pie charts. In the first circle, there's a little wedge cut out, 10%. Oftentimes when people talk about the concept of tithing, they say, well, you give 10% of your income to the church. Give it back to God, as it were. So here I am looking at this pie chart, seeing this 10% wedge of God's cut. And then I see there's another 90%. So as I look at it, who am I thinking that belongs to? Me. That's mine. As long as God got his money, I'm good. I can do whatever I want with that 90%, right? Well, that's a mistaken way of viewing the world. If we look at the other pie chart, it just looks like a circle. There's no wedge cut out. It's 100%. That's 100% God's. That is what life is really like. Now, over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about what it means to have the everyday things of life consecrated Lord to thee. As stewards, we don't own wealth anything else for that matter. We manage it for the one who has entrusted it to us. As Americans, we are, on average, wealthier than most other people in our world. Now, with the cost of living being what it is here in Northern Virginia, I can see how it doesn't always feel that way. But it's still true. No matter how much or how little money you might have, God has entrusted it to you to use as his steward in ways that honor him. That goes for all of life. It includes daily things such as providing for your family's needs, for paying your housing expenses, covering medical costs, putting food on the table. But it also includes recreation, entertainment, socializing, because if 100% of your wealth is in fact God's and he wants you to use it in ways that honor him, how does that shape the choices that you make? Each one of us is called to follow Jesus in humble confidence, using what he's given. You might think that's impossible. You'd be right. This message is not about money. It's about the one who makes the impossible happen for you and for me. You don't get into the kingdom of God because of your wealth or even how you use it. None of the terms and conditions that we apply to ourselves, that we might set up in our lives, make us worthy of the name child of God. You don't need to place your confidence or even your sense of worth in your riches, your wealth, or the things that the world might see and look at you and make judgments about. Because you are valued. You are valued in God's sight. That's why he sent his son to do the impossible, to live the perfect life that none of us could live. Not even the richest or most generous person that the world has ever seen. And he's done all this for you. While God owes us nothing, he gives you everything. So allow me to propose something a little bit different as you leave the sanctuary today. In the week ahead, between now and next Sunday, 
I want you to engage in this practical exercise if you are so willing. Fast from spending. That doesn't mean go out and buy stuff quickly. Don't buy anything you don't need. Avoid it. Think about the choices that you are making when those opportunities come before you. Now, if you've been following along with me here, you'll understand that this isn't going to make you any better in God's sight. That's not what this is about. Instead, take the time this week to consider the why as you refrain from spending. Think about what God has given you, about the ways you can use it to honor him, to serve the world around you, as you can put it to use as his consecrated steward. Next week, if you choose to go through this practical exercise, I would be very glad to hear what you have to say. What did you learn? What was your experience? Because no matter how much or how little wealth you might have, know that you can have confidence in Christ. As Jesus led his disciples to trust in him as little children, we who bear the name Christian can look to Jesus as our hope. Because when your life on this earth comes to its end, it will not matter how much wealth you have had. But one thing will last, one thing will endure, and that is the promise that God has made to you, that you have undying life. So as you follow Christ through this life, then know that he will provide more than you could ever give up those things which come as a cost of following him, he will provide. He surrounds you with brothers and sisters, houses and lands to welcome you in through his church, through this community. Look around you and see what God gives. Because together, even as we face the persecution of the world, we can use the gifts that God gives to care for others when those storms of life come. It is true. Mo money, mo problems. But because of God's grace in Christ, you don't need to put your hope in wealth. As consecrated stewards through Jesus, together we can say, in God we trust. Amen.